0: really looking for someone who understands our site and understands the type of content that we publish. And this is probably advice that writers have heard over and over again, but do your homework, you know, research the site and read the site, be a fan of the site. I think people who are fans of the sites or the outlets that they're pitching have much better success at getting published than someone who kind of comes across the site and thinks it might be a great opportunity for them. Welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers.
1: Would you like to become a freelance writer? Or perhaps you already are a freelance writer, but you want to take your career and your income to the next level. Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast podcast. And I've worked as a freelance writer on and off for the last 10 or 15 years. I've written for publications in Ireland and national newspapers, some websites about technology and so on. And all of this was before I started becoming a writer today. I've also written more recently for publications like Forbes. And I've done a bit of freelance writing for publications on Medium too. And I like freelance writing because it's a great way of figuring out what genre you want to write in. It's also a great way of supplementing your income if you have a day job. and it's also good if you want to build up a name for yourself or for your writing business. But of course, there are struggles that freelance writers will sometimes face. You know, How much do they charge? Where can they find clients? And how can they manage all of the different clients? Because sometimes when you're a freelance writer, it can feel like a feast or a famine. But if you're struggling with anything like that, I was recently invited to join the Write Life 2020 Bundle. It's a bundle for freelance writers, which is launching on Monday, September 14th. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But you can find it at thewritersbundle2020.aritelife.com. Now, I recently had the chance to catch up with the editor of The Right Life to ask Jessica Lawler about the bundle. And also, I got wanted to ask her about her career as an editor because The Right Life is one of the biggest writing sites online for freelance writers. And they publish a lot of pub articles and work from other freelance writers and from third parties. And it was really interesting to hear how Jessica manages such a busy website. But of course, I started by asking Jessica how she got into editing and how she started editing The Write Life in the first place. But before we go over to this week's interview, if you enjoyed the Become a Writer Today podcast, please could you leave a short review on the iTunes store because more reviews and more ratings will help more people find the podcast. And if you're interested in joining or buying the bundle from The Right Life, but you've got questions, just send me an email, brian, b-r-y-a-n, com, and I'll answer your questions about what's in the bundle. Now with that said, let's go over to this week's interview with Jessica and her answer to how she became the editor for The Right Life.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, thanks for having me, Brian. This is really exciting to be on your show today. So I started working with The Right Life about four years ago now, and I had been a fan of the site. It's been around for, I should probably know this information, but it was definitely around for at least three or so years prior to me joining as the editor. So probably like seven or eight years. And I had been a fan of the site. I've been a fan of Alexis Grant, who's the founder of The Right Life for many years. I've been following her work online. And I became friends with her initially through Twitter and kind of just seeing the different work that she did. And she actually invited me to become a writer for The Right Life. So I started out as a writer and I worked with um, the person who was the editor at the time and I pitched ideas and I had my work published on there. And then in 2016, Lexi, her name is Lexis Grant, we call her Lexi, um, she was looking for a new managing editor. And at the time, I had just quit my full-time job in public relations to start my own business. and this seemed like a perfect opportunity. So I applied for it and I was lucky enough to get the job.
1: That's fantastic. So the Right Life is pretty stringent editorial guidelines, I would say, for people who want to write for it. So I suppose if a a writer was looking at the Right Life and they thought that that would be a good way for them to build their portfolio as a freelance writer, what would you say to them? What does an editor like you expect from a freelance writer when they're pitching?
0: Sure. So... I'm really looking for someone who understands our site and understands the type of content that we publish. And this is probably advice that writers have heard over and over again, but do your homework, you know, research the site and read the site, be a fan of the site. I think people who are fans of the sites or the outlets that they're pitching have much better success at getting published than someone who kind of comes across the site and thinks it might be a great opportunity for them so i would say do your homework read the site read the submission guidelines that's something that's available on most sites including the write life and if it's hard for you to find that i often just suggest googling you know the site that you want to pitch and submission guidelines or contributor guidelines and really paying attention to how an editor wants to be pitched what they want included in that pitch maybe even suggesting a headline or two and i always like i always tell writers not just to include their post idea, but a couple bullet points about what their post might include and a little bit about why they are a person who could be an expert on that topic and, and actually write about that topic. So providing all that information upfront in a pitch and, and personalizing it to the editor. So finding out who is the editor of the site. I love when people pitch me and they say, Hi, Jessica, and they know a little bit about me or they know a little bit about the site. Because you know we're all looking for that connection. And I, and I love to work with writers who, who I can be friendly with and who we can connect and we can talk about writing and talk about editing. And so I think putting that little bit of a personal touch can really go a long way too.
1: Do you think things have gotten harder or easier for freelance writers these days?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. I think there's a lot of opportunity for freelance writers right now. I think things are harder. I mean, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people out there who who want to write, a lot of people who are pitching. So there's a lot of competition, but I also think that there's so much opportunity. And I think that there's a lot of room for, for writers and there's enough work to go around. So I think now is actually a really exciting time for people who want to become freelance writers, who want to grow their freelance writing career. People are always looking for content, and I and I think you just have to kind of keep your eyes out on the places that that you want to work with.
1: Just to switch things around, how do you, as an editor, deal with all of the pitches that you get? Because I can imagine there's quite a lot, and I can imagine there's, there are probably some that aren't even you know relevant to the right life. It's, it's probably just people doing the basic email outreach. So how do you manage it all?
0: Definitely. So in addition to the right life, I also manage a couple of other different blogs and sites. So I am fielding pitches on multiple fronts in multiple inboxes. And honestly, the way that I manage it is I. I look for those personal pitches first. So it's pretty easy for me to kind of scan through an inbox, especially the Right Life inbox where we get, we often get a lot of unsolicited pitches. And I can easily see, you know, what might be kind of something from like a bot. We get a lot of pitches from like bots now. It's really weird. So I can easily scan to just delete those and kind of clear them out. I can also look to see who has sent an idea that really isn't relevant isn't even about writing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I can kind of delete those right away. And then from there, really look for the ones that, you know, have clearly outlined their idea, who have provided a sample headline, who have left me a couple of bullet points. And just kind of go from there and, and check out the ones that seem most relevant.
1: And in terms of the workflow, when I manage the workflow for Become a Writer today, I use either a Trello Kanban board or a spreadsheet. Is there a system that you have for keeping track of writing projects that are in progress or ready for publication or at the pitch stage?
0: Yep, definitely. So I absolutely love Trello. I think Trello is such an amazing tool. It's so nice to be able to visually see an idea go from a card that's just an idea to, you know, through the different stages of editing, whether it's, you know, in editing with me as the editor, then back to the writer. Back to me, like putting it into the final touches of headlines and adding images, and so I really love Trello for that. At the Right Life, we also use a plugin through WordPress. It's just a very simple editorial calendar plugin where you can kind of drag and drop different articles into different days. So that's really nice to kind of just get a quick like monthly view of what we have coming up. So I would say Trello, WordPress, and then I also tend to use, you know, just. Google spreadsheets to kind of keep track of who's writing what and the different, you know, payments and all of that to kind of stay really organized.
1: So on my side, I've alternated with uh, approaches to the cadence of publication. I've got I've gone from, you know, one large post about a topic once a month to one post once a week, to more recently, maybe two to three posts a week. What do you find is the right publication schedule for, for the right life?
0: That's such an interesting question because it's changed so much over time. I mean, I think back to like three years ago, we were publishing every single day. And just thinking back to that, like, wow, we were putting out so much content. And now we've kind of pulled back a little bit and we've gotten really focused on what it is that our mission is and and finding the right keywords and making sure that we're spending a lot of time on a post and doing SEO research and really working our headlines. Something interesting that a lot of people don't know about The Right Life is that we actually write 10 to 15 different headlines for every single post that we publish to find the best one. So we really spend a lot of time prepping a post. So now we publish one to two posts per week. And something else that we do is we refresh old posts. So Since our site has been around for so many years, we have so much content from a couple of years ago that's still pretty relevant and usually just needs a cleanup or an update to make sure that the links are all correct, or that we still stand by the information that we shared. So typically, once a week, we'll try to put out an original post, a new post. And then once a week, we'll try to refresh an old post and kind of give it new life and and, and bring it up for readers who may not have caught it the first time that it went live.
1: Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, probably should, something I should do more of. We should spend a lot of time looking at the other parts of running a you know a site, for example, Google Analytics or the... Uh, the opt-in sequence that you'd have for email subscribers or the lead magnets that you'd offer around the right life?
0: Yes, we do. So last year, we did a huge SEO overhaul on the site. And we worked with an SEO consultant and he really helped us hone in on some keywords that we were really ranking for and keywords that we had the opportunity to rank for. So we did a lot of work around kind of organizing our site really getting our SEO up to par. And then we did spend some time reworking our email sequence. We recently switched over in the last year from MailChimp to ConvertKit. And ConvertKit has been awesome because it allows us to really easily add opt-in boxes to specific posts. So for example, we have a really cool PDF of 100 writing prompts. And we, we have a post that's specifically about, you know, writing prompts and why they're so valuable. So when you come to that post on our site, we have that nice little pop-up that comes up that says, would you like these 100 writing prompts? And, you know, that's not something that we would want on every single page, but it's really great that if someone is on that post, they're obviously interested in writing prompts and we can kind of serve them that opt-in that will be really useful to them and really valuable. So... That's something that we've kind of gotten really excited about over the last year. ConvertKit has been has been really cool on that front to help us kind of level up our opt-ins.
1: Yeah, this might be a slightly nerdy question, but I've, I've used ConvertKit for the last few years. And it is great for creating the opt-ins and their forms. But I, I've, because I've used it for so long, I have a lot of different forms and opt-ins. Did you create a system for keeping track of them all or did you just rely on the ConvertKit dashboard?
0: That's a good question. Um, Right now, we're just relying on the ConvertKit dashboard. I I don't think we've gotten too into the weeds there yet. So we haven't really encountered that. But yeah, we're fairly new to ConvertKit, but really excited about the different results that it's already shown us. Our our list has been growing, and that's been really exciting
1: for us. In terms of freelance writing today, um, do you feel that the niche itself has a lot of competitors for the right life, or do you feel like you know the internet is so big that there is room for many sites on on a similar niche?
0: yeah, I think that there there are a lot of sites out there, and I think there is a lot of great competition and a lot of people that we 're friendly with in in the writing world, for example, every year in January, we publish a blog post of the 100 best websites for writers as nominated by our community. So while there's definitely competition out there and there's other sites out there, we love to kind of spread the wealth there and we and we share who our writers love as well. So we like to partner with lots of different writing blogs and sites too.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a good approach. And I'm also curious, when do you do all of the work on their posts from editing to proofreading or do you involve other team members in that process?
0: Yeah. So typically, we'll have a post come in from a contributor. I'll typically be the first one who edits it and kind of works directly with the writer. We have a couple other people who we work with who will help with headlines. But for the most part, um, it's a pretty small team. And it's just me and Lexi really working on the site together.
1: Yeah, that's one of the great things about running an online business. You actually don't need an awful lot of people or tools to do it you know you can do it from your, from your home office or Absolutely. from your kitchen and what about in terms of planning ahead so I've, sometimes i'm quite good cool with it and i could be three months ahead with content for for the site and other times i you know I, I could only be a week or two ahead but uh does your team work months in advance or how do you approach your publication schedule
0: yeah so we typically try to work at least a month ahead for the past year or so like i said we went from publishing like Five days a week to then one to two. Like we've really played with the cadence over the past few years. So there was a time this past year where we had probably 15 to 20 posts that we needed to publish. So we weren't really commissioning new content because we were really working through that backlog since we, you know, decided to go to a, a lesser cadence of publishing right now we're at the point where we've kind of worked through that backlog and we have a bunch of posts that we're working to refresh right now but you know we also kind of mix in new content too so we try to plan out about a month or so but again like you said that's the beauty of being you know a smaller team we're able to be really nimble we're able to kind of change things on the fly and it's a little bit easier to be kind of flexible with with those deadlines and and the cadence
1: and in terms of your your traffic for the site uh, like I mostly rely on uh, SEO traffic and also email subscribers and listeners to to the podcast. Uh, I did use Facebook ads for a time, but I, I, I stopped using them. Is that something that you've used for the Right Life?
0: Yeah. So it's so funny that you mentioned that we've been kind of playing with Facebook ads for I would say the past few months. We've been working to kind of find the right consultant to help us with that because it's not something that I'm an expert in certainly. So we've been working on that because we see a lot of opportunity there. But like you, we really rely on search traffic. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of the SEO work we did last year is really starting to pay off, which is super exciting because SEO, as you probably know, it's a long game. I mean, it takes a while for things to change. And every once in a while, Google will drop a new update. And then you'll kind of see things either increase or decrease in rankings. And um, it can be really interesting to follow that. So yeah, we see a lot from search traffic. And then of course, from email traffic. And that social traffic is something that we're kind of playing with now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It could take months to get results from, from SEO work. But yep. then, then it can last much longer. And obviously, it's a lot cheaper than running paid advertising. So, so one thing I found is I've worked as a freelance writer. And also when I'm writing, publishing posts and become a writer, writer today, I would edit the posts as well. And so I found that I like writing in the morning and editing in the afternoon. So if I'm writing something on my, from, that I'm going to publish myself, I'll work at it in the morning. Whereas if, edit, if I'm editing an article that somebody else has written for my site or for, for another project, I'll work at it in the afternoon. Do you write a lot? And if so, what, what type of articles or content do you like to write? And when do you do it?
0: Oh, Brian, you're bringing up a great dilemma that I'm facing right now. I I find the balance between writing and editing pretty difficult. So I used to do a lot more original writing than I do now. And it's something that I really miss. I, like I had said, my background was initially in PR. And I switched over to kind of running my own business four years ago and have transitioned really to what I call content management. So helping people and helping clients run their blogs and edit their work. So for the past year or so, I've been really having heavy on the editing front, um, which I love. But I've definitely found that doing so much editing has kind of taken me away from doing my own writing. It's something I really want to get back into. So I I actually recently launched a, a content newsletter, all about content to kind of help me like get myself back into writing and publishing and sending things out on my own. But it's definitely something that I've struggled with. I do prefer to do my editing in the morning. I find that I'm most fresh when I wake up and um, have that first cup of coffee and can really dive into editing work and especially headline writing. I know I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but headline writing is something that's so important to the right life. And I find I really need to be focused and creative to write good headlines. So I do a lot of that work in the morning. And I usually spend my afternoons doing some more administrative tasks like writer payments or editorial planning, working on the editorial calendar. But I really try to spend the mornings doing the most creative work that I can.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a good way to structure the day. And do you write fiction at all or do, do you focus on nonfiction?
0: I don't write fiction. It's something that I've dabbled with in the past and um, maybe one day in the future, but it's not something that I'm currently doing.
1: Yeah, I, I used to write fiction. But then I suppose as I got into online publishing and blogging, I, I just kind of doubled down on uh, nonfiction. It's probably what I enjoy reading most of as well. So, so yeah, that's, that's the type of writing that I like to do. Uh, what what platform did you launch your newsletter on just out of curiosity?
0: So I actually just launched my newsletter on Mailchimp.
1: So okay.
0: I kind of I had this idea to launch this newsletter in I believe it was May of this year and I typically spend a lot of time planning. Like I am a planner and I don't typically launch things quickly, but I had this idea on a Friday and I decided I wanted to kind of challenge myself to just launch something quickly. So I you know, thought about it over the weekend, kind of flushed out the idea. And then I just launched it the following week. And MailChimp is something that I'm super familiar with. It's it's what I've used for many years with different clients. And so I decided to just launch on, on the MailChimp platform. And and it's been going really well so far.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I launched it personally it was a while ago, but I... I use the platform Substack. I mean, I guess the tool doesn't really matter, but I just like to my Substack is set up for newsletters and it's it's quite easy to use. How do you get subscribers to your personal newsletter or followers?
0: Yeah, so I created a very simple landing page again, just through through MailChimp. I, I really find that MailChimp has it's really improved over the years. I mean, they have really beautiful landing page layouts. And I just created a landing page there. I promoted it on my social media channels. I'm pretty active on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Instagram. So I shared it there. I also have a larger email list from a blog that I used to run. And so I sent it out there and let people know that I was starting a content-focused newsletter. My other blog was a little bit more personal. And so I wanted to let people know that if they were interested specifically in news about content and the writing world, that they could subscribe to this newsletter. So it's it's a smaller newsletter for sure. I think right now I'm up to like 150 subscribers. So it's definitely small, but it's growing. And like I said, it's really keeping me excited to kind of write and to stay up to date on what's going on in the industry. Because when you're so in the weeds with doing the work, I find sometimes it can be hard to see what other people are doing and take a look and see what's kind of trending in the industry, what's going to be coming next. So this has really challenged me to on a, I call it a weekly ish newsletter to give myself an out if I don't in <laughs> I like every that, single yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. um, so about every other week I send it out and it's been, it's been really fun and it's gotten really good feedback, which is, which is great. And it's helping me to kind of, the goal with this also was to position myself as kind of a thought leader in the content management world and to, to start, kind of throwing my hat in that ring a little bit more because, like I said before, I was doing PR, I was doing a little bit of content editing, I was a little all over the place, and now I've really kind of focused in on what it is that I do.
1: What's the URL, or where can people find that newsletter?
0: Yeah, so people can find it by going to jessicallawler slash newsletter.
1: Okay, very good. Yeah, I haven't used Mailchimp. God, I'd say it's five or six years now. I, at the time, I used it because they had free email software, but I, yeah, I gather they've changed quite a lot. But it does seem to me that. The way things are going are towards, one, personal newsletters, like like what you've created, at least for writers, and two, on Medium. So a, a lot of new writers these days can get their start on Medium. And I suppose I'd recommend it to new writers because you can actually earn a couple of hundred dollars with a little yeah. bit of work, which I, which I often think is enough encouragement to for somebody to stick with writing. And have you explored or has The right Life explored Medium much? Because I know they, they allow syndication of content on the platform which is something i've looked at as well
0: you know that's something that we haven't explored and perhaps we should
1: yeah yeah and i've written for a few publications on medium i I guess the only caveat is you know you don't own right you know medium own the platform whereas this wordpress you you own the the platform i guess Right. Um, yeah but it does seem like a a good opportunity for freelance writers these days
0: yeah Um, and i love what you said about medium being kind of like a lower barrier to entry and and that's kind of what I think about MailChimp too. Like I think MailChimp is super easy for a new writer or someone who's never run an email list to kind of get their start. And and I think the hardest part about doing anything is getting started. So if you can make that process a little bit simpler for yourself, that's always a good thing.
1: Are there any other emerging trends that you've noticed or that you've talked about recently in your newsletter related to content?
0: Oh, I think really, I've seen a lot of people talking about just like the content mix. Like what is content these days? Like is content, is it blogging? Is it video? Is it Instagram stories? And I think just kind of the changing definition of what content is, is something that I've seen a lot of people talk about. And for me, like I I feel like I've been blogging on and off for more than a decade now. And I love blogging and I hope that it never goes away. And I feel like a lot of people think that blogging isn't um, as much of a thing anymore, but I still think it is. And I think that people are still starting blogs and uh, there are a lot of other great content platforms out there. I mean, even thinking about like a site like TikTok and, you know, Instagram lives, and there's so many people getting started on YouTube and, and this is all content. So I've, I've been seeing a lot more people kind of talk about the content mix and what that means. But I hope that, you know, kind of like the written word and blogging never goes away because like you just mentioned with the personal newsletters, I love sending that out because I feel like it's me sending a personal note to the people who have opted in to hear from me. And I often love the back and forth that comes from that when, you know, people respond to a question that you've asked or they respond to tell you a story about something that you've written. And I hope that that never, that never goes away.
1: Yeah. I like your description of the content mix. I mean, the internet, you know, tries or lives on content and, it's not necessarily that you have a blog and that's it. It's you, you can incorporate all, you know, podcasting or video or, or whatever you're doing on social media onto your, your platform or your content mix. Yeah. Um, so so one great way that writers can monetize their work and you know earn more money is through creating an online course and where they can teach what they know to other writers. And um, I've created online courses over the years and I know, I know the Write Life has also offered courses. It was a great opportunity to be asked to be involved in the Writers Bundle, which is launching in September. Would you be able to tell listeners a little bit about the bundle and what they can expect from it?
0: Yes, yeah, so we are so excited about the bundle and we're happy to have you be a part of it. So, okay, so the Writers Bundle is a really exciting deal, it's a three day flash sale. So what that means is we've bundled together twelve courses and tools from successful freelancers, from names that you would probably recognize: Stephanie Land, Kristen Wong, El McCain, Ywanda Black. Lots of people are in this bundle, and together, if you were to buy each of the trainings, it would cost about two thousand dollars. But for three days only, and through the deal, you can get all of those courses. For just $99. So we call it a, it's a flash sale. And so it'll be launching this year on September 14th at 6am Eastern Standard Time. And it'll just run for three days only. So it will end on September 16th at 1159pm Pacific Standard Time. And so... It's something that we've offered. We've done it a couple times in the past. We haven't done it for a few years. We're bringing it back for 2020. And what's really special about this year's bundle is that it's totally focused on freelance writing. So in the past, our bundles have been a little bit more general. We've had products about freelance writing. We've had products about you know traditional publishing, um, writing fiction. But this year, given all that's been going on, especially with COVID and people sadly, you know, being laid off from jobs. And I've just noticed a lot more people kind of having an interest in what it might be like to to freelance write and to kind of start your own thing on the side. And, you know, some people... Are finding themselves with maybe a little bit more time to, to do those things or to pursue dreams that maybe they haven't had time for before, or maybe they're just recognizing that now is a great time. And so we thought that this year we would really focus this year's bundle on freelance writing specifically to help people who either want to start freelance writing or people who are already doing it and kind of want to level up their careers.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the page here, and you have a course from Dave Schools, who I know from Medium, who's got expert tips for writing on Medium. Yeah, uh, you have a productivity course for freelance writers. You have a social media starter course for freelancers. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely a great opportunity for any freelancer who you know is looking to maybe supplement their income with everything that's happened over the past year. And as somebody's worked as a freelance writer, it is something you can do from from home and that you can do online as well. So if somebody wants to buy the bundle, where should they go? And I can put a link to it in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, definitely put a link. So the website that they'll go to is the writersbundle2020.therightlife.com.
1: Okay, that's fun. that's fantastic. Yeah, well, I encourage people to um, buy the bundle if they're interested in building a freelance career. Uh, and of course, if you've got questions, you can send me an email and I'll answer questions around it as well. But uh, where can people find more information about you if they want, Jessica?
0: Yeah, so I'm at jessicalawler.com and then you can find The Right Life at therightlife.com. Well,
1: it's very nice to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great to get to know you.
1: Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomeawritertodaycom forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.